0: Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to, I guess what could be sort of called an emergency edition, because I don't think we were planning on doing this of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff as always. Um, and we have called this meeting of JHS to order, not because of the Wild's horrendously boring game against the Anaheim Ducks on Friday night. Uh, that was a snooze fest and it was an ugly game. Uh, but rather to talk about Something we teased um, after the Vegas Golden Knights wild game on Wednesday, and I thought we'd get to it early next week, but I don't think it can wait now. That is the status of what's going on with Zach Parisi, which there seems to be some confusion in the fan base about. Um, Scratched last night a healthy scratch for the second time in his wild career and the second time this season. Now, we're recording this before the wild plays the Ducks. Oh, I can't wait for that in their um, home regular season finale tonight and it's already been revealed that Zach Preasy will be scratched. Here's the situation, uh, and then we'll get into what this means. Okay. So Kevin Fiala was out on Wednesday because of an injury that was not expected to sideline him for long. I think Doogie said it was a hip, right? Is, is that right, Zach? I think that was correct, yeah. Okay. So sure enough, he was held out just as a precaution, which is fine, on Wednesday. He came back and played on Friday. That opened up, or that created... A situation where there was going to be a 13th forward. Now, Nick Bukestead, who had been hurt earlier in the season a few weeks back, uh, I think he went four games with being scratched where he was healthy enough to return, but he was the 13th sure. forward in that case. Well, before... Last night's game, and it sounds like it was um, talked about after the morning skate, they decided that Zach Parisi, who had played the fewest minutes of anybody on either team against the Golden Knights on Wednesday, was going to be the healthy scratch. Now, here's the difference between healthy scratch one and two, and it's a very important thing uh healthy scratch one came march 3rd in vegas after zach had if you recall stayed on the ice too long overextended a shift claiming he wanted to help marcus Felino get an empty net hat trick and zach stayed out there everybody else on zach's line including Felino, who was after the hat trick got off the ice the golden knights as zach sort of trailed back into the play, scored a tying goal and then ultimately won in ot the wild was not pleased i don't blame them zach tried to explain it and i really don't care I think they made the exact right move on March 3rd by saying, if you're going to do that, you're not good enough to do that, and it's a selfish move, and that's very old-school wild. You are scratched. So that scratch was a message. That was not a, you just stink. It was a, we're going to send you a message, and that was self-explanatory. This one is a, you're not good enough to play. Um, Do I think that there's more behind it? Absolutely. Do I think that there's things that we're not being told? For sure. Nonetheless, at the end of the day, Declan, the most important thing to keep in mind is on Wednesday when I think he played something like 720 or I mean some ridiculously low amount of time um, having been banished to the fourth line and then being scratched on Friday. These are flat out statements of you are not good enough to dress in our opinion. And that's where this is going to get as the playoffs near now, three games left. Very, very interesting because the ultimate message last night was, and then it's being sent again tonight. If things stay the same and they might not, they might change even more. Zach crazy is not in the wilds playoff plans.
1: No, it's not looking like it right now. I mean, look, I I understood when he got scratched the first time, as we explained with the overextending a shift, trying to get Marcus Foligno, a hat trick. It was just a really goofy and dumb situation. Uh, Now after, and, and you and I were at the game against Vegas on Wednesday, um, or Thursday, excuse me, which I forget my days mixed up here, but you and I both noticed like he's not playing like he's, he's barely on the ice at all We're, we, and, and, and the minutes added up there. And then obviously now he's not good enough to even be in the lineup, Judd. And, and I think you're right. If, if this trend continues, well, then you, you don't even need him in the postseason. And I understand Fiala had come back in the lineup, and you know they, they can possibly still scratch someone else if they want to get another spark or another body or even like get Matthew Boldy somehow in that lineup who's having a, a good start in Iowa. But right now, like th- we actually are seeing the final days of Zach Parisi in a Minnesota Wild uniform. Um, I know we were kind of coming to that conclusion even before this news came down with a scratch. We kind of thought, you know what, the writing's on the wall He was almost traded a year ago. But now, Judd, I, I really think we're seeing the end of this era. Like, he's oh, it's he's, he's he's as good as gone.
0: Yeah, he's the, as good as gone. My my only uh, question is, if this continues, and it very well looks like it will, will he come out and speak? Because, I mean, this guy's got a lot of pride. Um, it would, I'm sure the team is hoping he doesn't. <laughs> that being said, I wouldn't count on that, Zach sure. being Zach. And so, yeah, th- this is either uh, you're going to have to reach an agreement to buy him out, trade him? If somebody will take the contract and you pay part of the contract? I don't know how this works, but you're right. Uh, I would like to address, and I, I have not seen this a lot, but I've gotten on two or three tweets about this, and I'd like to address it quickly. Uh, some people are holding out hope, I guess, that he's being rested. He's not being rested. This has nothing to do with rest. This has to do with uh, we think... <laughs> and by the way, it starts with Bill. So it starts... It, it's, it's Garen evison and decision it's not head coach goes to bill and says i'm scratching him um this is clear what this is very clearly is a message that the wild thinks they're going to play or is going to play colorado or the golden knights they're going to play one of those two teams colorado's incredibly fast uh the golden knights are are fast they're they're skilled the abs might be the most skilled team in this league um what they are saying and they are probably right. And now you can get into other players that you might think also fit into this. And that's a fair debate, but it probably involves their position. Mm-hmm. Uh Zach Parisi in no way, shape or form is built for th- this, this guy right now, 36 yep. is in no way built for a playoff series against High flying teams and decks. You, you actually, I thought hit on the best point as we watched the game against the Golden Knights on Wednesday. That play through the neutral zone where oh. Zach was chugging along and he, li- he literally chugs now. He's like a, um, and you said, Oh my God, he can't do it. Like it just can't move. He can't move. Um, that's the style of play that we're going to be looking at in a playoff series. And I think that's what they see. And rightfully so, there's basically nothing to contribute there. Mm-hmm. Maybe gets the blues because it's a probably a little bit slower. But, um, yeah, I think that this is just a sign sign one that they don't see him being a contributor in any way, shape or form in a playoff series like that. and and I think sign two is, and this is the stuff that's that we don't know, but I think if you put the pieces of the puzzle together, you have to come to the conclusion. I think the second part of this is that, Bill Guerin wants to send a message as strong as possible that this is it. Yep. Like he just has no interest in having Zach Parisi trying to invoke his no move clause, which, you know, to to go back to the trade that they almost made a year ago, March, he was going to wave. So I don't know that that is even an issue at this point, but this is really a sign from the franchise to him that you're done here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Just looking at his minutes played, Pre scratch the first one, and now and and his minutes played after that scratching that happened on March third. Uh, so it's been almost two months. So in 19 games before that first scratching, Zach played only uh, only he played 16 and a half minutes a night, which is a, a good amount. It, it, that's a that's a second line player. He's playing a, a good amount of points, a good amount of time, but only had nine points, three goals in those 16 games. Since that scratching, he's played 25 games, and his minutes has been reduced to 11 and a half a night. So I mean his minutes have been cut down, he can't keep up, he can't score. And by the way, with the way the Wild have been playing and I know, you know, we could sing the praises of Kirill Kaprizov for as long as we want right now, but this team's winning and and is chugging along and is and is building something just fine without him. And look, Zach Parisi is one of the best you could make a case, he might be the best hockey player from Minnesota. He's a he's a decorated player, he's a Hall of Famer. Um And when he signed, when he and Ryan Suter signed here in the summer of 2012, it it changed things up here in the state of hockey. Um, And he scored some big time postseason goals. But it's time to admit that this is this has run its course. Mm -hmm. Um, Ryan Suter is a is a player who I think his his game. Ryan Suter will tail off. It will happen someday. Uh, But his game is is able to do that. Like he he has a long. He, his game isn't going to fall off a cliff like Zach has yes. in the last few years, and everyone has kind of said too, like the, just the way Zach Priesty has played when he was in his prime, you mm-hmm. knew his game wouldn't be built to be playing into his late thirties. Like Ryan Suter's game is able, and he's he's willing and able to play into his late thirties. Right now, Zach Priesty can't keep up in, in the NHL right now, and his style just isn't working. It just and and this is it, Judd. I mean, yeah, I I think we'll probably see him again in a regular season game, of course. Yep, but this is. You have to make a tougher decision in the postseason. Yeah, that's that's I think the next question. But I think
0: they're preparing mm-hmm. us and him for that. I I don't think it's tough. Here's what I like about the decision, not from the perspective of of um, Zach. Here's what I like about the decision from an organizational perspective, and it goes along with Vu being gone. They aren't afraid, and, and I, I forget if I said this about the Wild a while back, or it was the Twins, I said their problem is that they are afraid to hurt feelings. And you can't be afraid if you're going to win championships or contend for them, you can't be afraid to hurt feelings. And that includes guys, teammates. And I'm not saying alienate them, but everything that you just said, Declan, is exactly right. And, And look, I mean, it didn't take a genius to look at Zach's back problems, to look at his style, to look at how he went into corners and played, and to say that this guy has a shelf life at some point and it's there. And if you think about Dex how the Wild played its game for a long time because I mean Zach has always been a hard working I I would call him in his prime a hard working star. The fact that he worked so hard made him a star, but he was definitely skilled. Um but if you go to last few years and you know it was Miko and Zach and that cr- and stall chugging along. And that's literally how they skated. They chugged a- along. And you look at guys now like Sturm and uh, Kaprizov and Watch them skate and their explosiveness. Um, now, I will say this, and I can't fully explain it, so don't dump on us about this, okay? This okay. is not our fault. Well, and you too, because we're, <laughs> we're going to get this as soon as, as this gets posted. Um, Victor Rask. I, I don't understand it. Like, But he plays a different position. That's important too, okay? But we're immediately the crazy stands are going to come back and be like, well, explain Rask, then I can't like I can't explain it. I can't explain the the seeming fascination with Victor Rask playing a ton. Um, I guess that as a center, they feel he has to play because they don't have Mm -hmm. depth there. And then people will come back and say, well, Bukestad shouldn't play. I think they. I think Bukestead playing above Parisi is a message. I think it's a message that this is. Because, I mean, Nick Bukestead is not a describable player. Like, he has no, he could be gone next year. And aside from his family and a few golfer fans, if he's in, if he's with the Ducks, no one will care. I think that part of this is a message. And yep. I think that message, which this team and Bill Guerin are not afraid to send, is your time's done here. You know, I mean, he. Co- I'm sure Koivu said, "Can I come back for a year?" And Bill Guerin said, "No." Yep. Um. So, but but the but the Rask thing, I'm not sure if if you'd like to comment on it. I uh, But the Rask thing, I can't explain. So don't don't come back at me on Rask because I probably agree with you, uh, <laughs> the listener. If you are Perzy Stand and are going to throw that back in my face. I would probably do the same thing. And I'm willing to bet that there are some people on this team who are curious about 11 being scratched and 49 being treated like he's a completely legitimate player. I mean, my God, he fell down. He scored a goal last night that was a Kaprizov special. But did you see the highlight of the Ducks goal where he just lost an edge and fell yeah. down? And I mean, he can't keep up. Yeah. I can't explain. it. So um, I
1: get that. And, and, right, and both, yeah, both things are, can be true. Both things are correct that if you're going to scratch Zach Parisi and hold him accountable just because he isn't doing anything, then why don't you scratch Victor Rask? And Rask is basically playing right now because of his position. He's a center. Um, I don't think that does, that's, should automatically mean he should dress every single night, but that is why he's playing is he's a he's a center and he can win some face-offs and that, and, and he, and he's somewhat passable, uh, being on the power play. What I would do, Judge Zolkad, what I would do here, if you're going to scratch Zach Parisi and I also can figure out a way to get Matthew Boldy into the lineup, so this is, this is exactly what I would do. I would scratch Victor Rask, okay? I'd put Nico Sturm up to that line with Fiala and Johansson, which actually I'm kind of intrigued by. Fiala, Sturm, Johansson. There's, there's some skating there. There's just some speed there. I'd actually be kind of curious how that would work. So that obviously, with Rask going out, Sturm moving up, then I can also get Matthew Boldy in. Now, Boldy... Doesn't probably shouldn't be playing fourth-line minutes with Bukestad and Nick Benino necessarily. I, I understand you probably want to elevate him and give him the best opportunity to succeed. But also, Matthew Boldy playing on the fourth line or even just rolling these four lines right down the middle, I can see that being something you want to explore, especially in these last few games before the playoffs start. Like, if you're going to scratch Zach, then call up Matthew Boldy and see what he can
0: absolutely do. You absolutely should. I think you just hit it and I have no inside knowledge about that at all. Mm-hmm. I think Baldy is coming up for the playoffs 100%. I'm convinced of that. I, I don't think Parisi is forward 13. I think he is forward 14. I think Usted's wow. forward 13. Um, I think they both probably get scratched. I think Boldy, look, players worse than, than him. And I mean, th- this kid looks to be damn good, right? Players worse than, have been allowed to make their debut in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he's playing and what he's doing, it's probably, it might not be the right term to call it a rope dope by Guerin and the Wild, but I think this is a definite, there, there's been a plan here for a while to start to go in this direction, and I think they're preparing everybody for the fact that Breezy's going to be scratched because barring injury, he will be. And Bukestad might be too. And let me give you this. Okay. So, so I, I think in, in Everson and Garen's world, um, what I would consider the what I would consider the Wild's top two lines in air, air quotes are set. Um, I think the Eck Felino Greenway line is staying put. Like, yeah. they, oh, yeah. they, they love that yeah, line, that okay? So yeah. I don't think they're going to screw with that Agreed. line w- one bit. And there are elements to that line that, to me, scream playoffs. Like, oh, yeah. scream playoff success. Absolutely. I think Hartman, who is better than Rask, he's not ideal, but he's better than Rask. Nice player. I think Hartman stays with Kaprizov, Zuccarello. So that would be, that's technically, in my opinion, line one. Now, Eck is, Ek is superior to Hartman. But I think those top six, okay, I think they're set ideally. Line three last night Mm -hmm. was Rask, Benino, with basically the strong side guy taking faceoffs, okay? So it was Rask, Benino, Johansson. So to what you're saying, what if that becomes Benino, Boldy, Johansson?
1: So you put Boldy in the middle? You put, put Boldy at center? No, Benino
0: at center. Oh, yes, Benino okay. can play center. Yep. But, but what I'm saying is, Johansson's got some speed and skill. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a potential scratch. If they they like Rask so much that I wouldn't put it past. What I'm saying is, I think you hit it. I don't think you bring up Boldy to be a fourth line guy. No, but I think you do bring him up to be a bottom six guy initially on line three and then and then so so let's just play this out briefly let's say that they did go Benino, johansson boldy then in their world so this is i think how they're thinking not us sturm rask which i don't love but i'm just i think they'll play rask and and for instance Bukestead. or or yeah so Essentially you'd be bumping whom out here? Oh I missed one guy. I'm sorry. I missed Fiala. So Bukestad's out. Fiala bumps up to so it would be it would be Boldy, Fiala, and either Benino or Rask. And it might be Rask actually. I
1: I'm very intrigued by the idea. Of, I'm
0: sorry, I goofed that up. But yeah, so that that would be line three, and then line four would would be a, a would be a Sturm Johansson combination of sorts.
1: I uh, I love the idea of Kevin Fiala and Matthew Boldy playing with one another. Um, I think those two could have a create some real magic on the ice. That'd be a lot of fun to see. But at this point. Um. Yeah, Bukestad's an extra guy, and you have the luxury in having Nick Benino, who's playing wing right now. But like Nick Benino can play fourth line center. in fact, Nick Benino has primarily been a center in his career. But like but he
0: could play, he could go back to wing with Sturm, mm-hmm. at, as well, and then Johansson on that line. So the fourth line could could be Sturm, Benino, Johansson. So Bukested So now Bukestad and Parisi are both out.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's absolutely possible. And you got, you're playing the Ducks here. You know, you got a couple more games against the Blues, and again, you're still fighting for possible home ice advantage. I think it's going to be slipping away from you with each passing day here. Uh, at the same time, this is a perfect time to get Boldy up. And if you're going to send a message to Zach Parisi and do this, this is then the perfect time to then give Matthew Boldy a look, 100%. Yeah.
0: I don't know. You know what? That But that's what's intriguing about this. I don't know that we're going to see him until game one of the playoffs. mm I could see them doing that. I I mean, it seems to be tracking that way. It seems to be tracking and unless they called him up uh, for the two games in St. Louis, Mm -hmm. because he's not obviously uh, being called up for tonight's game against the Ducks. So there's two games left on Wednesday and Thursday, unless they did that. But I just, I think that there's a very good chance that the third line is some, is somebody in between Boldy, Fiala, because then that third line Mm -hmm. feels more like line two and a half. Yeah, I like, like with that, that idea. skill, with that skill, that's line two and a half. Right
1: I mean, there. I mean, theoretically, starting next season, I would like to see a line with Kevin Fionn, Matthew Boldy on it, you know, and and hopefully new center acquired via trade or free agency that you find this summer. Um, that that would that'd honestly be a lot of fun. And look, Kirill Kaprizov just can't stop scoring goals. I mean, my God, Judd, I I I we could go on another complete soapbox on how damn good the kid is. Um, but. This is this is shocking. They're scratching Zach Parise, and, and there's and not. Sh- it shouldn't say shocking, but it. I'm, I'm applauding it honestly. I, I, I'm applauding that they're actually holding him accountable, not just for you know doing something stupid, trying to get trying to extend a shift and get a teammate in a meaningless hat trick, mm-hmm. uh, but saying you are simply not good enough to be yep. in our roster every night. Yep. And I love
0: that That's the message. I love that. That is that is the the definite message right now is very simple. You don't belong. Which is which is now going to lead to okay then what's the divorce like because yeah he's not coming back i don't care if he's got time left on that contract You'd, you th- this is the nuclear option like this is it this is a we're either going to trade you which might be damn tough buy you out which i think is very possible but this this brings an end this this now is based this is going to bring an end more and more to any semblance of, of the 2012 on one and done, maybe second round wild teams, right? Yep. Like this is, this is the mark of, and, and as much as Dean might fight it, and as much as hockey people might fight it, I mean, this year is the year that we will always look back on and say it, it was the year that Caril started. Yeah. Like that's where the next era. Like yes. you could tell me everybody else is contributing. I mean, every <laughs> night Dean's just desperately trying to talk about what other people and like last night, he was, you know, Kir- Kirill didn't have a great game, and he still made some great plays, and Dean was trying to say, well, he made mistakes too. And No, 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 Dean, just tell the truth. This guy's your team, which is awesome. It's great to watch, but yeah. So I do think, though, that if Boldy comes up, I think the scratching of Prezi gets even easier to understand, um, and I just want to be very clear before we wrap up, don't ask me about Rask. I can't answer it. I just can't. I know, man. I I just I can't answer. It's it's the one. It's I can ordinarily do pretty good deduction of what teams are thinking, and if I agree or not, I can't tell you what they're thinking. Yeah, and
1: and I I hear it. I I completely hear that. Look, if you're going to scratch Zach Parise, then you need to scratch Victor Rask because Victor Rask is even worse right now. So I get it. I hear it. But this is good. We are turning, like you said, this the the new era of wild hockey started. This season with Kirill Kaprizov, and it is now passing of the torch from the Prezi Suter, Koivu era to the Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala era. I had to throw it in there. I had to throw it in. Sorry.
0: I had to throw no it. problem. No, it's fine. I love it's Kevin fine. Bell. All right. Thanks for watching. If, if you watched, thanks for listening. If you tuned into the podcast, we're Don Declan. Pass, shoot, score.
1: Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet.